development It's all we envelop in telephone A wealth of intelligence Unless you're selfishly embellishing all of the championships Basking it in, let's study in the conferences Pac-12 and Big, 12 and the 10 SEC, ACC, win, 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 win It just kind of fades from there, that's good Hi, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to welcome everybody. This is Devi Owner's Manual, Episode 15, your source of knowledge. Devi strategy, Devi players in the fantasy football landscape. Right now, we're all kind of off the high or really not much of a high, honestly, after the NFL draft. It was still fun to watch, but it felt like a lot of the spots were, yeah, we'll go over that this episode. This is going to kind of be our last episode that we're going to talk about the 2019 class, and then we're going to start getting you guys ready for your Devi drafts and Scout and Debbie players for the 2020, 2021, 2022 classes. So that's what we'll be doing from here on out. And real quick before we get rolling this week, I want a special thank you to Chris Allen, who's at Twitter. He's at Chris Allen FFWX and Adam Wildy at AP Wildy on Twitter of the Dynasty Owners Manual for having us on their podcast network and also DLF for now having us on their podcast network. Real quick, let me introduce my co-host, Andrew. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. The 2019 draft was a lot of fun to cover, and landing spots, like he said, we'll dig into. It kind of affected some things, but I'm really excited to get through this to get to 2020, if I'm being honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, 2020. Ooh, 2020 is beautiful. 2021 is pretty sweet. It's going to be a fun couple years. Like um, we were talking off air before the show that you know we're both in some rookie drafts, and it, it gets ugly quick. I think there's some good players in this draft, but there's a lot, there's, I wouldn't be surprised if there was only one or two like standout players that come out of this class offensively. There's going to be a bunch of defensive guys. Oh Yeah. Yeah. No, offensively it's tough. Like I think Nikhil Harry is probably going to have the biggest impact rookie year wise. Um, Obviously TJ Hawkinson will too, but like from a fantasy perspective, I think Harry, I think Montgomery's it's so tough just because of the way Jim Nagy uses Tariq Cohen. But I think Montgomery's going to do just fine there. And then um, Miles Sanders, I was talking to Aaron from DHH today about it. He asked me what I thought about Miles Sanders. And I said, if Tariq Cohen can beat out Jordan Howard, I think Miles Sanders is better than Tariq Cohen. So I think Miles Sanders is going to be the back there pretty early on. Um, I know Doug Peterson comes from the Andy Reid sort of thinking where you got a running back by committee. But I'd still expect Sanders to put up really solid fantasy numbers this year. Right, but everyone you mentioned still has questions as well. Right, you know, like, <laughs> like, like Brady hasn't supported a, a true number one like Carey in quite a while, you know. And Montgomery, there's still Mike Davis that they have to worry about, you know. Although Mike Davis isn't wonderful, but he isn't that terrible either, you know. So it's yeah, it, there's a lot of questions, and you know, Detroit's usage of tight ends has not been great over the years. So, it's just yeah, there's questions with every one of them, but I, I still think they're all going to be. You know, pretty good guys for your fantasy squads. Um, just a real quick little bit of news. Obviously, it's pretty quiet on the college football landscape right now, although Colts uh, in Washington, a little bit of turmoil there as uh, two redshirt freshman quarterbacks, Jacob Sermon and Colson Yankoff, both four-star prospects that were supposedly going to be leave Washington in very good shape after Jacob Eason left this year, have decided they want to enter their name in the transfer portal which I'm not entirely surprised. Like we've saw this ripple effect now. Uh, this is what six, eight quarterbacks now that have transferred just because they couldn't win the starting job. Um, and, it's, and it's only going to get worse, but 
I'm kind of conflicted here, man. Like I understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, you know, you got to serve your time. You know, you serve your time behind the guy in front of you and then you play, you know, that's how it's been for, you know, what, a hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my, it's, but, my whole thing is, it was like Justin Fields going to Georgia that I think still baffles me that he would do that, but you know, Jake Browning was at Washington. You weren't going to beat out Jake Browning. You knew Jacob Eason was waiting. You weren't going to beat out Jacob Eason. Why would you, if you know you aren't going to play, why would you go there? If that's what you solely want to do, if you really just want to play, go to Kansas. Go to U, UL Monroe. Go to somewhere, small school, where you're just going to be playing right away, not to pull right. a Dr. Phil and throw a small school under the bus, but I'm just thinking of non-football powerhouses. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think the timing of the, if, if I remember right, the timing of Eason's transfer to Washington might have caught them off guard slightly. I- I'm trying to remember exactly the timing of it. But at the same time, I mean, just serve your time. You know, you got one more year. You can't leave after this year anyways to the NFL. So, I, I mean, I, I get it, but I don't at the same time. You know? He – Jacob Eason transferred February 6th of last year. Right. So that was right before National Signing Day. Right. So both of them were probably already committed by that point. Probably. But not signed. So, yeah, it's I, – I have a feeling it's just going to get worse, man. But that's also – I hope – I mentioned it before. I hope these schools think about it when they try to recruit four, four-star quarterbacks, you know. Not, not many teams like Alabama can get away with that, you know you know, that sell their culture like that. I think these guys are just going to get restless and go. So, Yeah, and I think quarterback's the only position where you got to be careful with that because, like you just mentioned, Alabama with running backs, they do just fine getting four or five-star running backs and loading up on them and doing that running back by committee. So, no, it's it's just the quarterbacks. And I get it. It's you're the guy. You want to be the guy. If you're going to a big D1 school, you've probably been the guy since you were 10. So right. it's it's different. I mean, you saw that in Ohio State with Tate Martell. If anybody watches watch the Netflix series uh, QB1, you saw Tate Martell when he was in Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas that he's tweeting during games and he's going out and doing – taking the Razors out in the desert and he's telling his daddy wants a Camaro. And, um, yeah, he's the, yeah. yeah, Tate Martell. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm told <laughs> he's a good guy though in all honesty oh, now since everything's happened. But they all are, right? Well, uh, now at least. Yeah. But I've heard that, yeah, that he was the guy, and then he got to Ohio State, and he had to sit behind JT Barrett, and then he had to sit behind Dwayne Haskins. Completely forgot who the 15th pick in the draft was last Thursday. As soon as Justin Fields came, though, I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back, understandably so, because he was there first. But Tate Martell's not going to beat out Justin Fields. So for him to go to Miami, though, is going to be fun. I'm excited. I. Right. I am near Pitt. Um, I'll probably be going down to. I'll either. I applied for. A, I'm going to apply for a credential. If I don't, I'm still getting tickets to go to Miami Pitt. So, I'm excited to see what Tate Martell does. Just for that example, though, for the quarterbacks. Yeah, he seems to have that Miami image too. Like, yes, swagger. Yeah, so should be fun. All right, that's pretty much all the news uh, that I wanted to bring up this week. You would. Want to mention the quarterback from Florida or no? Yeah, I mean, just real quick, Jalen Jones um, enrolled there in the spring, just was part of this last recruiting class, was a four-star quarterback recruit, dual threat, one of the top dual threat quarterbacks. Um, 
spring game, he had one pass for five yards and he had three carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. He put his name in the transfer portal today too. So I guess the team and the staff told him that he was going to be redshirted and he didn't agree with that apparently. So he's not going to beat out Felipe Franks. who has been starting there for three years now. So Father Fornis has me excited about again. So, but yeah, no, it's like you said, it's, you go there for the competition. You go there to sit. And Florida had three other four-star quarterbacks there since Dan Mullins gotten there. So, like you said, it's just over-recruiting for the position, I think. Right. All right. With that, we'll dive into the draft. I mean, we're not going to berate you guys with a ton of information about the draft at this point. We're, you know, four days out. And you guys have probably all heard 10 podcasts and read 646 articles about it. So we're just going to go through, you know, the rounds that we – some of the guys we really like that we think uh, – could make a difference, you know, that maybe people aren't talking about as much, you know, and the player, the, some of the picks that we really liked and some that we really didn't like. So, um, obviously, not going to say too much about the first couple of rounds, but what really stood out was there some things you really liked in the first round, Andrew? I, I really liked that Dwayne Haskins fell to Washington. I think he'll be a perfect fit there with Jay Gruden. I think that's his type of quarterback. Um, he's not as mobile as Alex Smith, but I think he has – just as good an arm as Alex Smith does. So um, I'm excited to see Dwayne Haskins with him. And I'm really excited they got, just to jump ahead a couple rounds, they got scary Terry McLaurin. His teammate that he already has so much chemistry with is going to be there. And Washington doesn't have a number one receiver. They had Jamison Crowder, and he's now with the Jets. Josh Doxson's former first-round pick hasn't panned out to what they want to be or want him to be. So, I mean – that's right there for the taking, and then I won't keep going off about the later rounds. But they got another receiver there who also could step up and be fantastic. Yeah, I think Washington really set themselves up well for the next couple of years. I think they're not going to be that great this year, but that may just help them get another really good pick next year. Yeah, I think a couple of years from now they're really set up well. You know, the Raiders caught a lot of flack for Cleveland Farrell at four, but I actually really like the pick. Um, it was early, but at the same time, it was a high-character guy and probably one of the second or third best edge rusher in the class and just a solid guy, you know, great leader. He graduated college in three and a half years. So I, I really like that pick. I know, you know, a lot of people all the, were, like, slamming it, you know. And I, I was more caught off guard by it. Like, yeah. I, I was watching it with my grandpa, and we had – and I was kind of – and I'll be – I was influenced by Bleacher Reports. I was listening to theirs, but I had ESPN on mute. And Lefko really kind of made a big deal about it. And that probably juiced me up a little bit when I sent out my office grade tweet of it, which was the my favorite thing I've done all draft year. And there, there was a couple of good ones in there. Had a couple bad ones where I had to reach on them, but enough about me anyway. But um, no, I think Cleveland Farrell is a safe pick. I don't think he's not going to have that giant upside like a Josh Allen, but I don't think he's going to have that – floor where you're going to have to worry about him maybe being under 10 sacks. I think Farrell easily could be a 10 sack guy a year and maybe he'll get you that occasional 12, 15 too. But like you said, it's a high character guy and that kind of explained the rest of the Raiders draft. If you want to roll through that too. Right. They just uh, seem like a reach. They may have tried to trade back, but nobody seemed to want to move in that first round. So yeah. And the rest of the first, I mean, I thought the first top 10 wasn't much of a surprise. Um, Steelers moving up to get Bush. I thought they would get him. I was shocked at that. I think they get him in the first, but I was surprised they moved up for him. Yeah, I was shocked they moved up. And then uh, Daniel Jones, was he was supposed to go. Everybody was kind of saying he was going to go 17. So going at six was kind of a surprise. But 
I, I, don't, I don't know. It didn't seem like the more I've stepped back and realized that I'm like, yeah, it's a Giants, you know, it's what they're going to do. Did you yeah. hear when he decided he was drafting Daniel Jones? Oh, uh, yeah. Gettleman, you'd hope that that's three series in a, and all hope. due respect to the senior bowl and Jim Nagy, it was the best football week of my life. It's still an exhibition game. <laughs> You would sure as hell hope that that is not true. <laughs> I was like, come on. If he is, if he is that stupid. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. He <laughs> could not have based it off of practice because the one practice I got to, Daniel Jones looked like hot garbage. Right. So I just – and, like, you look at the tape with him in the rain, and, and then I saw somebody say, like, if you took Dwayne Haskins' pocket and you gave it to Daniel Jones, you would probably get the same results. And that's probably true. Because I don't think I ever saw Daniel Jones have a clean pocket. He also didn't have Scary Terry, Paris Campbell, Johnny Dixon, K.J. Hill, who's going to be in 2020, and J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber. He didn't have any of those. I couldn't tell you who the receivers were he was throwing to. Um, because out of the 40-plus names, I didn't think I, I don't think I had a Duke receiver on that. So, right. But at the same time, that didn't stop Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz didn't have anybody going pro at North Dakota State. Yeah, they're the cream of the crop in Division Two, but still. So I think with Daniel Jones, it was just a lot of people had him at a second or third round grade. And like you said, it's the Giants. And I, I feel so bad for my buddy Patrick Chamberlain, but it's just when Dave Gettleman's having to defend himself when he gets his coffee and bagel in the morning, that's when – and he's like, just quit being mean to people. I'm like, Really? Right. Yep. Yeah, I liked the uh, I liked Fant to the Denver. Um, Jacobs was. I mean, everybody had been putting him in, on Oakland, so it was good to see yeah. him. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Abram, I really liked that pick. The one that really puzzled me was Darnell Savage to the Packers. They traded up to twenty one to get him, and they probably could have got him in the third round. There was a lot of people oh. saying he was going to jump in the first round as a surprise name. That was weird. I, I didn't like that pick at all, but. I'd probably say if I had to pick, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, an underrated pick that was Chargers getting Jerry Tillery. That's a good fit in that defense. I really like that pick for them. Not not a fantasy impact. He won't have any IDP impact at all, I don't think. But Tom Kislingbury is actually really high on him, and he thinks he will. So in a defensive tackle only league, maybe he'll be a little more of a force. But, yeah, so what were you going to say now? I was just going to say my quick favorite pick and least favorite pick. I mean, my favorite pick was Haskins, but, like, a pick that I just kind of was like, eh, about was Noah Fant at first. And then when they got Drew Locke, I was remembering, oh, my God, Drew Locke always threw. When I was watching Albert O, I was like, Drew Locke always targets his tight end. fits his top target. So I think Drew Locke with Noah Fant makes them both very fantasy relevant. And if you're in a super flex league, just to talk about another good draft with Denver, I'd probably have Drew Locke right behind Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray. I know Daniel Jones was drafted higher, and Daniel Jones is probably going to play sooner. But I, I think Drew Locke and Denver. What's that? That's not necessarily a good thing that he'll play sooner. <laughs> oh, no, true. But you're going to have a quarterback with Deshaun Hamilton, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Hoyce Freeman. He's going to have weapons around him. So, and that's something he. I mean, Missouri had Emmanuel Hall and Demaria Crockett and Alberto, but. That's a lot of weapons for him to play with in the NFL. So I'm excited for Drew Locke in Denver. Right. And we touched on at the beginning uh, 
the Patriots getting Nikhil Harry. I, I like that for them, and I think he will be good there. Especially, I think he'll be good first year, and um, may, maybe not as much as people want him to be, though. Like, yeah, you know, they keep drawing that. I don't know how many times I've heard this week. Oh, they haven't had a good receiver like him since Randy Moss, and blah blah. blah. I mean, he's not Randy Moss, dude. Like, he's not Randy Moss. So, I, I think he is going to do what they hoped Josh Gordon could do, but I think he's going to be better at it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree there. So that pretty much I don't want to spend too much more time on the first round. I mean, we could we could we could beat Marquise Brown into the ground. Uh there was some other strange yeah, Marquise parts. Brown and AJ Brown. I'm not yeah. I'm not touching either of the Browns. <laughs> nope. Well not and, those Browns. You'll touch the other Oh team. yeah. Yeah, Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and OBJ. Yeah, I'll be all over them. Second round, I thought there was a ton of value in second round, and we can't go very far without getting Debo Samuel the 49ers. So that was a great, great, great pick. He had been mocked there for so many times. It was good to see him go there. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited. I think Debo, just to sell Debo to anybody listening, I understand everyone loves Dante Pettis. I think Dante Pettis reminds me kind of like what Deshaun Jackson was for Philly back when they had Michael Vick. I think Jeremy Macklin in that offense is what Debo Samuel can be. In the sense that if he's going to be inside a little bit, he will. He'll be outside. He'll be all over the place. And that's how Jeremy Macklin was with Philadelphia. He was just a weapon. And I think Kyle Shanahan's going to use him effectively. So I'm I'm really really excited for Debo. This this is how I see it playing out. This is I don't this is not I don't know you know obviously, but I I still think the main and I still think Kittle's the focal point you know of that. Yeah. As far as receivers go, is what I'm yeah. talking about. And as far as wide receivers, I think Debo is, the, is going to be the number one, but he's not going to be your traditional wide receiver one. I think he's going to get 90 catches for, you know, 1,200 yards. Not 1,200 is maybe a little bit much. Maybe 90 for about 1,000 and five or six touchdowns. You know, he's going to be a really good wide receiver too. And then I see Pettis being the guy that catches 60 balls for 900 yards and seven touchdowns, you know, like he'll be just a step down, but we'll probably almost have the same amount of points because of more touchdowns and maybe some longer plays, you know? So I don't, I think they're both going to compliment each other really well. I keep seeing back and forth Pettis, blah, 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 Samuel, blah, blah. You know, I think they're both going to compliment each other really well. So just to give like my analogy, which I just came up on with on the spot and I'm actually feeling really good about it now after looking up the stats, Jeremy Macklin, on average, in Philly, was anywhere between sixty to mid eighties for catches, mm-hmm. and he was always hovering around eight hundred and fifty to a thousand yards. Yeah. I think that's a good idea to what you're going to get out of Debo once he's fully developed and entrenched in things. And as far as touchdowns, Jeremy Macklin is somewhere between five and ten. He hit ten twice in his career in Philadelphia, so. I think Jeremy Macklin numbers are what you'll kind of expect to get out of Debo. Like you said, fantasy-wise, he'll be a two. He won't be a one like Julio, DeAndre, or anybody like that. At least we don't think so. But Right. I think he'll get more catches. That's the only thing I think. Yeah, like I, the catches I, like I think he'll he, be better with. I like how he wins all, like right initially. I can see him catching a lot of those quick slants and – like, you know, where he just absolutely embarrasses the 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 corner like right off the line and – yeah, I can see him do more of those. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, either way, I think you'll be happy with him as long as you don't expect. I don't think he's going to be the Julio or the. You know, yeah, I mean, no. I mean, as much as I love him, I don't think we're going right. to see that out of him. 
And I, I loved Denver <laughs> taking Drew Locke in the second round like they should have all along. So that was a great pick. Greedy Williams to your Browns. That was a phenomenal pick. Um, I didn't like A.J. Brown to the Titans. Ugh. Yeah, that's Tennessee. I, th- I did a 2020 mock uh, on the score crown. And everybody who looks at my timeline, I haven't retweeted and liked. Um, I gave Tennessee a new quarterback next year in the draft. I can't remember who I gave them. But give me two seconds. Sucks because I really like Mariota as the person. Oh, I love Mariota. He's just not going to command that offense. I I was surprised they put such a focal point on wide receiver. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tennessee in the mock. I I replaced Jameis Winston too. So like my whole thing was, I got rid of the 2015 first two picks. Um, Tennessee. Where are you? I gave him Jake Fromm. Um, Jake Fromm, while he doesn't have that big arm, I think A.J. Brown if, if Corey Davis with Jake Fromm I think would thrive compared to what Mariota is. I just don't think with the way that offense is, it's going to work. Like I think he needs to be with someone who's going to just tailor that offense completely to him, um, someone kind of like an Andy Reid, but obviously they have Pat Mahomes, so he's not going to Kansas City, but someone like that where – they would take Mariota's skill set and be like, okay, we're going to make this work for you. So, a couple of, obviously, we talked about Miles Sanders a little bit more. I really like that spot for him. Um, not as sure as first year production. I think he might be a little slower to go get in, but that's my, I, I could see him winning it outright, though. He's got a lot more talent than I think any back they have. Um, I like JJ Arcega Whiteside to the Eagles a ton. I've been targeting him a lot. Um, Paris Campbell to Indy. I actually really like that too. Good for the defensive. I like Taylor Rapp to the Rams. Yeah, I like Taylor Rapp a lot to the Rams. You know, I've heard a lot of polarizing opinions. What do you think about DK in Seattle? I think he's going to be fine. I think Seattle, especially if Doug Baldwin retires, I think he steps in as the one. Oh, absolutely. They've got nothing else. Nothing's in it. Yeah, Tyler Lockett's not a wide receiver one for a team, I don't think. They signed somebody else. I was listening to the football. They they got Gary Jennings, too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the footballers today were kind of – they seemed like they were down on DK, that Russell's not a throwing – well, Russell can throw the ball. He just hasn't been, you know, he, he hasn't he, had the time to throw the ball. And they've they've done this run offense kind of strange, you know, but he's had seasons where he's thrown the ball, you know, like he can. He's got a great arm. Yeah. So, like I don't I can really see him excelling with DK in the kind of the playground scramble type plays, you know, the I think that's what DK could really, really make him make a huge dent in the NFL by doing. You know, so Yeah, I think he's gonna be just fine in Seattle. I, I mean the yeah. more I think about it, I think that's Honestly, one of the best spots for him. Oh, I absolutely agree. Absolutely, man. Anybody else in the third you wanted to point out? Or second, sorry. Not, not entirely. I mean, we were kind of talking about it beforehand. I think a lot of the later round picks of the UDFAs are going to be the ones that are kind of be the difference makers fantasy-wise just because they did get to choose their spots and some of them went to some pretty fantasy-favorable spots. Right. Okay, third, we'll try to get through this a little bit quicker here. Um, Deontay Thompson to Pittsburgh is an intriguing pick. Um, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, sorry. You're You're looking right at it and said that. Um, Yeah, from Toledo. He's a guy I didn't get to watch a whole lot. How did you grade him when you watched him? 
You would ask. I just got to switch Google Sheets from 2020 to 2019. He was, he was down there a little ways, though. I know he was. Yeah. And it was more or less, I think, just a competition thing. Like, I kind of expect right. a little bit more when you play in the MAC. Oh, absolutely. He was wide receiver 34. Yeah. That's kind of where everybody, everybody kind of like, who? But at the same time, I trust the Steelers a lot. And yeah, and that's <laughs> the thing. The Steelers and took them, and that's what I was listening to the BR stream of it, and they're like, "Well, it's day three or day two wide receiver by the Steelers, so it has to be an A plus." A couple other, I really liked uh, a couple of defensive guys that stood out. I love Zach Allen to the Arizona, Draymond Jones to Denver. Absolutely love that pick. Um, I like, really like David Montgomery to the Bears. I, I yep. think he's got a pretty clear path to a lot of touches in his first year. So I know people, some people are worried about Mike Davis, but Mike Davis did look good at times with Seattle. <laughs> I, I will say it's, that. But yeah, but still. David Montgomery, come on. <laughs> he's David Montgomery. I, I don't know. Um, I like Jay Sternberger to the pa- Packers, although that's a, not for a couple of years. I can't see him doing much for a little bit. Just to touch on, too, Devin Singletary to Buffalo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Buffalo has become the San Francisco 49ers of the East, where they have TJ Yeldon, Frank Gore, LaShawn McCoy, and now Devin Singletary. I was looking beforehand because I wanted to look at this. According to Sport Track, LaShawn McCoy's cap hit next year is $9 million. His dead cap, if he would have been cut last year, was $11 million. This year, it's only two and a half. Yeah, most people seem to think he'll get cut before the season. I think he'll get, yeah, moved just because. I mean, he's getting up there, obviously, but especially with that money, I don't think he's worth the $9 million cap hit at this point. And the defensive guy, I mean, everybody loves Chase Winovich to New England. I mean, that's been talked about up and down. Great, great, great pick for that team. New England's a team that they did a lot of really good stuff in the draft, unfortunately. <laughs> so... I really like Kahale Waring to Houston. I know they have nine tight ends, but I think he'll emerge out of that crop. Another guy that probably won't do much in the first year. but I like Jay Sternberger in Green Bay as well. Yep, I think he has a chance if Matt LaFleur utilizes him to kind of make a difference there. Just trying to think third round. I don't see any other names that really stood out that I really, really like a lot. Damian Harris got sent to running back purgatory in New England. Yeah, I, um, I've seen some people paying up for him in a rookie auction. I'm like, why? <laughs> Why? Dawson Knox to Buffalo is a nice fit too. That's a very good fit. They don't have much there, and and they, they, they okay. made a conscious effort to get him some weapons, and I really like that. So yeah, Buffalo, then, I like all, Buffalo, New England, and uh, the Jets did some really good things in the drafts. The Miami whole AFC was, East did very well because yeah. Miami made the Rosen trade, which was so, brilliant. I think so. Oh yeah. Um, just to end of third, too, Alexander Madison of Minnesota. I, I love that. I drafted him today in the third round of a rookie draft. Dalvin Cook, you, you don't know if he's going to be healthy, and I think Madison would step into that role, and he's a poor man's Dalvin Cook where Cook was the first-round pick, but I think Madison has a very similar skill set. Right. But just cheaper because he's in the third round of the actual draft. It seems like, you know, from what we've seen thus far of Madison, he's he's tough. Yeah. So, like – all right, fourth round uh, started with Akeem Butler finally getting picked, and that was kind of a relief to a lot of people. Can we talk about Arizona for a second, just as yeah. far as what they did with their draft? A lot of offensive players. <laughs> so you have Larry Fitzgerald, who's going to be gone after this year. So right. going forward, you have Christian Kirk, 
Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, Chad Williams. Did they take a tight end? Oh, yeah, Keyshawn Johnson. So that's five receivers. Murray, yeah, they they had a very damn good draft. I mean, yeah, it's good for talent-wise, but, like, fantasy-wise, you just took all of them and you're like – they're trying to figure out that and you could argue that i think kirk's got the size to play on the outside but he's mostly been slot and that's what andy isabella oh, is andy, andy isabella is yeah gonna be the slot guy so, so. It's, but it's good i like it they did some they're like we need some offense and kyler's gonna have a long time to develop with all three of these young guys and that's drafted. the one good part i think the only person that comes out of arizona as a must own Especially in Superflex, obviously, just because it's Superflex. But even just a regular, um, throw a second-round pick on Kyler Murray if you start the second round off. Just right. because, obviously, Kingsbury's building this for him. I mean, they invested all those picks in wide receivers when they had so many other holes. So, all right, exactly. Um, my favorite pick of the round probably was Mitch Wisnowski to the 49ers, taking a punter in the fourth round. I thought you were going to say Ryan Finley to your Bengals. I- well, no, that I actually like the punter more than the the quarterback pick. <laughs> oh, freaking Bengals! I, I, you notice I gl- I glossed over Drew Sample, or as I call him, Drew WTF Sample. That's basically what. Anyways, <laughs> Wisnowski was at the Senior Bowl, and he was. I I talked to him a little bit. I didn't like get a full interview with him, but I just asked him if he was enjoying his experience, and because I heard the accent, and I was like, oh, it's the Australian punter. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Other team, I mean, I we texted through back and forth through the draft, but I thought the Browns had a really good draft. Sheldrick oh. Red, Redwine in the fourth was a great, great pick. I also like Detroit getting Austin Bryant. That was a, a sneaky good pick as well. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, you see some offensive guys in there. <laughs> I'm on NFL's. I'm on NFL drafts on NFL.com. Their draft tracker. They have for the Bears 24 Calvin Ridley. Nice. So you're saying you don't trust it. Um, I don't – a lot of people are liking Benny Snell to Pittsburgh. I don't. I I do not. (laughs) Because, again, just kind of like Damian Harris, he went to running back purgatory because they got James Conner, who's only had one real year where he's the guy, and Jalen Samuels, who when he stepped in, showed that he could be the guy. And he's going to come in with better shape and everything else. Um so I don't I don't like Benny Snell now in Pittsburgh. Uh, Riley Ridley, he was a guy a lot of people were torn on whether they like him or not. I think he he goes to Chicago where you have uh, Allen Robinson, some guy named Anthony Miller that some guys obsessed with that I know, and Taylor Gabriel who and Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen, who you have to fight with for catches now plus David Montgomery. So Riley Ridley I think kind of went to a purgatory spot, but. Um, as far as a fourth-round guy that I could see starting right away, it's going to be Foster Moreau in Oakland. I think Moreau's going to be one of Gruden's guys right off the bat. Um, he was down at the Senior Bowl with Gruden. So I, I noticed, too, that the 49ers and the Raiders took a lot of guys they saw down in Mobile, and it makes sense because you get to know them more and you're around them all week. But o- Oakland went real Senior Bowl heavy. And, I mean, the guys they got were the highlights of the Senior Bowl. So – Foster Moreau was one of my favorite guys down there. So uh, I really love Foster Moreau in Oakland. Right. I like that pick. And I've mentioned it many times. Jared sent him to the, to the Patriots. I think they're, he's yes. the future. So I, I've been grabbing him everywhere I can. So 
Um, other than that, that was the main ones I thought that I really got liked in the fourth round. Uh, fifth round, let me see. We'll just go. Fifth quickly. round, you got Hunter Hunter Renfro in Oakland. I like. Good pick, yeah. I actually really like my boy Bender Burkhurvin to the Seahawks. I like that a lot. Jordan Scarlett has a change of pace back for Carolina. Obviously, oh. he's not going to tap into much of what Christian McCaffrey does, but. Yeah, this not much here, uh, offensively and defensively in this round. I didn't think uh, the Chargers interesting pick at Easton Stick. Actually, he might be able to a guy that could sit behind Rivers for several years and and could possibly be something. So I wasn't very high on him, but maybe with some development and some time behind Rivers, who knows? Sixth round. Let's see. I love Keyshawn Johnson to Arizona. We talked about that. Yeah, Gardner Minshew to Jacksonville. Yep, I really like that a lot. Uh, the Bengals, no, this is this yeah. is where your Bengals took everything and just yeah, Travion and Rodney Anderson. I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, the F word was about to be said, but we're a family podcast. I was very very confused. I'm like, um, okay, I well, guess. Travion Williams, change of pace guy for Joe Mixon. It's kind of like a bigger, stronger Giovanni Bernard. Sure, sure. why not? And then they took Rodney Anderson, and I was like, oh, okay, now what the hell are we doing? I was like, Mike Brown, and I tweeted it out. I said, Mike Brown's running the draft room. He's like, ooh, I like this guy. <laughs> I love it. Mike Brown. Oh, what a moron. Anyways. Uh, Williams got thrown into the running back carousel at Green Bay. Travis Homer got thrown into the running back carousel at Seattle. Which I, I kind of liked him as a sneaky one, but that's going to be rough. hard to get out of there. That's the problem. Oh, no, 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 no. The last pick of the sixth round. Your boy Darwin Thompson. My boy Darwin Thompson went to Kansas City. I don't think Carlos Hyde's going to be there for very long. Yes, they traded for him, but the Chiefs and the Browns have been making trades together for a while just because John Dorsey has the ties there. But I guess he signed from Jacksonville, so I apologize for that confusion. But regardless, I don't think Carlos Hyde's going to make it through camp. Um, I think Damian Williams will be the main guy, but I think Darwin Thompson's really going to excel as the third down back. And I could see them throwing him in on special teams too. So I think Darwin Thompson, if you can get him in the third, fourth round of your rookie drafts, I, I'm taking him all day. So Darwin Thompson, I really, really liked a lot. He was my running back. Yeah, Darwin Thompson was my RB8. And... For him to go to Kansas City, I, I absolutely love. I like that pick too. Yeah, dark horse, because I mean there's no guarantee Damian Williams is gonna hold on to that job. Oh yeah, exactly. Anyways, then we go to the seventh round. Uh did I miss no, I didn't miss one sixth. Oh, I like Kelvin Harmon to Washington in the sixth. Um seventh, I d I didn't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelvin Harmon, my bad. Yep. Nothing in the seventh stood out really. Um, yeah, Miles Gaskin could do something in Miami. Uh, yeah, not really. A, a, they don't. Hopefully, the new staff likes Kenyon, Kenyon Drake. Actually, I'm a Kenyon Drake fan, but um, hopefully, they are. Yeah, and I think Kalen Bellage is you wishy washy there. Right. You did mention the car- Arizona took Caleb Wilson at the end of the seventh, and I, yes. I do like that too. Uh, let me see. Then we go to the, let's go. Is there any undrafted free agent names that you thought of that stood out? Guys you really liked that could possibly do something? I really like Jacoby Myers in New England. I took him in our DHH mock draft. What are you laughing at? No, every year there's one of them. I know, I mean, but Myers, I think, was just overshadowed by Harmon. Myers was, again, he's a senior bowl guy. So 
and I got to talk to him down there. He's the one who told me to answer my wife's phone call. So he has a good personality about him. I won't say that's the reason you should draft him, but I definitely think in New England he'll be able to fit his way into the role or into the rotation to where I'm not saying he'll be a star for you. You're going to start him at all in fantasy, but he'll be a nice stash on a taxi squad to where if he has a big game, like he could be one of those guys that'll have three catches, 50 yards, two touchdowns. You could trade in your league for another decent piece. The Bills, uh, Bills, I like them getting Tyree Jackson as well as David Sills. I kind of like that as well. Yes. David Sills will be a nice red zone target compared to Cole Beasley and John Brown. It's a nice little mix up. Bears ended up with your boy Emmanuel Hall. Yeah, um, actually, I actually really like the Bengals getting Stanley Morgan Jr. I, I actually thought he's got a chance to do something there. Yeah, he's not bad there. You see, Cleveland got a punter. That's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple other names I thought that stood out, and of course, I'm drawing a blank right now. I'm just going through this huge giant list. Ooh, Karan Higdon to Houston. That was another yes. one I really liked. In one of our leagues, yeah. Our mock draft that we had a couple days ago. I really like that there. Because I think if Lamar goes down for anything. Yeah, there's not much there, yeah. Nope. Any Hart in Indianapolis could be interesting. Yeah, um, I could definitely see him just kind of being a you-need-a-deep-ball guy. You know, in Kansas City, for what they, they got, they focused a lot on offensive weapons. I like that they got James Williams as well from Washington State. And I really liked Felton Davis from Michigan State because I think he was a lot better than – People well, he had the back. ankle injury, too. I'm sure right. that held him back. Um, I was kind of surprised. Oh, I didn't see that. Texas, your boy from Texas State went to the Rams, Keenan Brown. Oh, I didn't even think about Keenan Brown. <laughs> Looking back and see where he went. Rams would be a fun spot for him. He's definitely a fun receiving athletic type uh, tight end. A pick we didn't talk about, too. I can't remember what round it was. Nicole Hardman to Kansas City. That was kind of a – why am I the only one – Dwight is shaking his head in case anybody <laughs> wants to know. I'm the uh, only one who's high on him. I think he's a top three rookie receiver. Listen to Nick freaking Connor too much. To Tyree Kill, I haven't looked to see what the news released today at 6 o'clock, but I'm afraid to look because they had more stuff. Tyree Kill's not going to be there for the start of the year, and he's not going to be a chief here very soon, I'm betting. Nicole Hardman is the poor man's Tyree Kill where – He's just a burner. He'll work on that route running, but all he has to do is get open, and Mahomes can heave the ball 70 yards downfield, and he'll be there for it. So I think he's going to be the ultimate boomer bust play, though, in fantasy. I think he'll be a top three guy in this class this year just because I could see him having like 30 or 40 catches, five or 600 yards, and a handful of touchdowns. I suppose that's so, why I am on the clock at 5.01 in a startup on a 14-team, and I need a wide receiver bad, and I will not pick Tyreek Hill. That guy can roast in hell for all I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, yeah, and not to get on that too, but I'm the same way. We kind of talked about it there. I, 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 I'm i done with him. I mean, I, I honestly, and people can say whatever they want, I hope he never plays it down on football again because he doesn't deserve to. So. Uh, Tampa Bay got a couple interesting UDFAs. I really like Bruce Anderson there. Yes. Um, far more talented than Ronald Jones. Yeah, no, and I told Tyler that, and I said, I I, I stand by this. I think he can beat out Rojo. I mean, I had him as my RB17, but he's a great pass-catching back. Like, that was his big thing down in Mobile that people were noticing was his route running with the wheel routes and everything else is really good. 
So I definitely think he could beat out Rojo. And then another UDFA was Preston Williams in Miami. Oh, that, he's got a pretty decent chance, I think, of doing something if he keep his nose clean. Yeah, there were some interesting ones. I was surprised that Tevin Coney from Notre Dame went to Washington UDFA. I thought he would have got drafted. Yeah. Um, a couple linebackers that were kind of high throughout the process until the end that that fell out of the draft entirely. A Trey Lamar did, too. I can't remember what town he, team he went to. But that's pretty much all we're going to go through today. Um, we're going to say bye to our 2019 class. Bye-bye. Yeah, get the hell out. <laughs> oh, I love you. Anyways, we're going to go through real quick. Um, what do you what do you want to do? You want to just go through like a real quick, you know, like guys you're really watching in 2020 or 2019? Yeah, 2020. Yeah, wow. Yeah, no, I mean, I released my um, tiered rankings, and I'll just mention my guys that I'm considering in the top tier. Yeah, no, just for a preview of my tier one guys, number one, and Matt Miller tweeted this today, and I could have come through that phone and hung and kissed him right then and there. He gets OBJ vibes off of my boy Jerry Judy. Right. <laughs> that was my Russell Wilson impression. Jerry Judy, I, I think, is the clear cut. Like, he could be a team's one. Like, he could be a team's Hopkins. He could be a team's Julio Jones, wherever he goes. He, he's an elite, elite talent. Great route runner, electric feet, can separate from defenders. He does a lot of work off the field. He's a great worker um, attitude-wise. So, yeah, that's my top guy. And then afterwards, there's a lot of two more receivers. LaVisca Chenault, a guy you like a lot. He can literally catch anything. His hands are amazing. T. Higgins gets overshadowed by freshman sensation Justin Ross. But I think T. Higgins is going to be one of the top picks as far as weapons go in this next 2020 draft. And then the top two running backs, I think, at this point are Jonathan Taylor and Travis Etienne. I think Etienne's the better fantasy guy just because – I think he translates more as the pass catcher than Jonathan Taylor. DeAndre Swift's everybody's favorite, but I think Taylor and ETN I have above them. So just those five guys are ones that I'm really excited for. And if you want to look at the rest of my tiered rankings, I dropped a total of 20 names on there, and I gave some quarterback rankings as well. Two is my one going into the year. All right, there's three defensive guys I'm super excited to watch. I want, want to see more Chase Young. I mean, he's probably going to be the top pick next year. They're thinking, as what Matt Miller has projected. That was my uh, mock, too. AJ Espinosa. I thought it was Espinosa. Espinosa, I think, is what it is. Freaking awesome. I think he's the only one that could probably – I think he could he could easily challenge for that top spot as well. And then we saw him enough. Grant Delpit, just fun to watch, man. Honey Badger 2.0. I think he's better than the, better than the Honey Badger. I think it's he has no off-field compared <laughs> to Honey good. Badger. I think he's he's freaking amazing. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys that we'll cover the next couple years. Obviously, here here at the owners, man, we're gonna we'll focus some on the players. We're gonna do more on the strategy and stuff, and then, but we'll definitely talk about all these guys. We'll probably come back in a couple of weeks. We'll have probably our first 2020 mock draft. Hopefully, we'll have a special guest or something. We haven't really talked about what we're doing going forward, but that's probably a good place to start. Do one now, and then do one, you know, after the Senior Bowl or something. You know, and just kind of see how everybody progresses through the year. It should be a, a super fun year, super deep draft next year. That's yeah, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one can be a lot of fun. Yeah, twenty twenty makes my insides tickle. Twenty twenty one, we get touchdown Jesus. Yep, I actually at five hundred one, I just took him. Um, I know that's crazy. My first heavy player off the board at round five, but I don't Is come it super back. Up. Yep, I don't oh, come well back. Up. 
I don't come back up till six fourteen. So oh yeah. yeah. I'll be there at six fourteen. So if I want him, I gotta he's gonna hope be so good. Hopefully I start a Debbie run and then I can still get the guys that I wanted at this pick. So just real quick, Andy, can you tell everybody where they can find your work right now, man? Yep. Everything I've been doing is pushing out through Twitter. So at Mandrew NFL draft, you can find me there. Still got my stuff going for the score crew working on another fun side project. I'll keep everyone tuned into as well. Um, and then obviously dynasty happy hour. I'm going to have a lot more fantasy stuff coming out. So stay tuned for there. All right, you guys need to follow Andrew big time, man. This guy is going to be – I think he's going to be Matt Miller 2.0. Oh, Jesus. I wish. Your wife would you and all that money. Oh, yeah. No, she'd be very happy. Yeah. Just hopefully I don't get divorced like Matt did so that I don't have to give all of it away. Oh, no, that would be bad. So I love you, Lexi. We all love you. You're a great wife. All right, anyways. All right. Um, uh, let me see. Me on Twitter, FF People's Champ. Find me work at DLF. I've got a lot of articles coming out right now. We're, you know, pounding the crap out of uh, uh, player profiles and evaluating the draft there. And then hopefully I'll shift more back. I got a couple IDP articles down the chain as well. All that you'll be able to find on Twitter. And I've actually been, I've got a couple people I'm interacting with on Twitter right now, kind of going through, you know, their startups and helping them get through. And you guys are more than welcome to email, to DM me or Andrew. We would love to help you do stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I got I got my first two DMs from people asking my advice, and I, I felt very I felt yes. It feels very good to know that people actually care what I have to say. I actually had at a wedding I was DJing Saturday night. One of the groomsmen come up and say, "Hey, I heard you do podcasts." He's like, "What do you think of OBJ in Cleveland?" I'm like, "Dude, seriously, that's great." <laughs> I'm DJing your. He was like the best man at the wedding, so yeah, it was kind of fun. I was like, "That's kind of cool." It's <laughs> like, fun for sure. Right. So, and then once again, you can find our podcast at Debbie Manual on Twitter and Debbie Manual at gmail.com if you want to email us. And we look forward to talking to you guys in a couple of weeks. And if you have Debbie rookie drafts, good luck, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Right, there's more. Don't forget about the Mountain West, the Mac that can flex. Somebody is next. Ivy League fresh, literally dope. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players to test. I'm serious. They will talk about the most obscure players on this planet. Potentially another planet. Like, dude's got a 4340 from Mars. Like, I don't know. I, it's too much. I'm done. I'm gone this time. Like, don't bring it back in. Enjoy your podcast.